Yeah, you guys can be seated. How many of you guys believe that? Yeah. Worthy is the Lamb. Come on! I got to tell you, it's, it's ironic because I'm going to preach on persevering. And I'm going to tell you today was probably the worst day I've had in a long time. But I'm also going to tell you this, that that's how God works. If we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, we become victorious. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I did not, this morning I got up, I got hit so hard with so many different things that it was incredible. Greg and I always talk about the walking out of the nursery because it's slash nursery deliverance, workout room, everything. We talk about walking out of there and getting hit with an anvil. I think I got hit by like 10 of them, okay? But you know what's cool? It's not about me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. So I'm going to give you a definition of perseverance. Under pressure and endurance in the face of trial. Okay, that is heavy. Waiting on the power of the faithfulness of God who delivers his people. We persevere because we have hope. Okay, now that's heavy. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, it's crazy because, you know, as you know, we do MMA. Okay, the boys, they do MMA. I'm kind of the older guy that kind of does it with them. But here's what's crazy about MMA. I'm going to tell you there's two things that I want to share with you about this. One is MMA takes perseverance. Anything in life takes perseverance. Now, I was working out with the boys a little bit because I worked out before, but I didn't have what it takes, okay? I just didn't have all the skill level. So I had to get somebody that did that was better than I. He's bigger, he's meaner, and he's bigger and meaner. I was going to say ugly, but I won't say that. He's only ugly when we're working out, but I got Matt. Now, when I got Matt to come in and start working out with us, I had to decide, am I going to get involved in this because he's going to hurt me? Okay, I did. I said, Matt, you'll be great for the boys. Chad even got involved, bless his heart. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, I'm not going to lie to you. Matt comes down. He breaks me down. Breaks me. I'm broke down right now. Physically, he breaks me down. He does. I like it a lot better when we break the boys down and we're watching. But it doesn't work that way. I get broke down first so I know how to do it and then we break them down. Two things with that. I had to submit to him. I had to say, okay, you know what, Matt? You know more than me. I don't like you right now, but I'm going to let you break me down physically because I trust you. I feel like I'm getting contorted and doing things I shouldn't do, but I believe you. But also, I trust him. I trust Matt. Just like we need to trust our leadership and people God put who God puts in front of us. I trust him because he's worked out for years. I understand that he knows it better than me. He's going to do things to me that are going to hurt. He's going to do things to the boys that hurt. Now I have a choice. I can say, hey, look, bud, I'm 45 years old. This hurts. I don't need to do this. Or I could man up and say, okay, let's get it on. Okay, that's a choice. Well, you know what's the same choice in the spiritual world? It gets worse from there. It gets worse because after I'm done working out with the mean, ugly Matt, he gets so bad sometimes I don't even look at him, honestly. I'm like, Ugh. you know, because it hurts. It does. I mean, he'll tell you. But, uh, but you know what? 
I know he loves me, and he's not going to do anything. Matter of fact, if I don't feel good or I don't feel a certain way or I'm hurt in a certain way, I know he cares about me, and he's not going to push me into something that I shouldn't be pushed in. I know that he's going to watch out for that because that's his job. Okay, we take the boys, it gets worse. We go in with the boys, and it's not good enough that I'm 45 years old and I've got a great wrestling reputation. I can't rely on that with the boys. They're like, I don't care if you went to the Junior Olympics. I don't care what you did in state. You were going to get out here and roll around, Dad. Okay, so I have a choice. I tell them, hey, Dad's old, or I get out there and roll around because talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. I can tell them how good I was at one time or show them all the medals, but that don't mean jack. They don't, they don't buy it. It doesn't mean anything. Well, that's the same thing with the Word of God. That's the same thing with Christian warriors, and I'm learning that. To persevere is tough in anything, and God does everything in His image. Do you realize that He creates everything in His, his image? If you want to be a runner, I know we have runners in here. They run crazy miles, like 14, 15, 17. I don't, you won't catch me doing that, but runners, they have to do the same thing. They have to want it. Well, it's the same with Christ. How bad do we want it? I'll tell you what happens is, is we get so comfortable. We've been speaking about love and, and, and God is love. But we get so comfortable in that, that we forget that we're in a battle. That we forget that we're in a race. I'll tell you right now, I had to rely on this, this little sermon that we're doing tonight. I had to look at it all day long. I'm telling you because I was hammered. And I, you, if you don't know my history or where we're come from, I can stand up and tell you things have drastically changed in my life. I am not just talking it for the first time. I'm actually walking it. And it is a rough walk. It is a journey. It is a journey. Okay, I'm going to give you a scripture here. This is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's why we do it. Two things in that that's awesome that we have to understand. This is crazy. This keeps me going. You think that Jesus just looking down going, come on, tiger, you got it, would be enough. Okay? But think about this. I take this like Elijah, John the Baptist. They're all going, come on, Kim, rise up. You got this. You can do it. I'm serious. I believe that they look down and they're going, dude, you can handle it. You can handle it. But I tell you what happens to majority of us. We get scared and we get out of the race before it starts. We don't want the race. Up until 11, 27, 11, I didn't even realize there was a race. I didn't. I didn't even know there was a race, man. I was just floating along. I was floating along doing my thing. I tell you what, though. The thing with God, He loves us so much, but He expects us to grow and change. Just like physically, He, break, we, he breaks me down. They break me down. If I want to change and I want to stay in shape, I'm going to have to do the breakdown. I'm going to have to get broken down and rebuilt back up. Replace fat, things that are unwanted in my physical body, with muscle and strength. It's the same with the Spirit of God. You're going to have to let people break you down being used by God. Now, I'm not telling you to get under every pastor. Definitely not. Okay? But I'm telling you that when there's leadership and there's people that are moved by the Spirit of God... We have to take some things that hurt sometimes. And sometimes it just comes directly from the Holy Spirit. But you know what? 
We're so busy going, I can't hear you, blah, 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 because it doesn't sound like love. But it is love. It is straight up love. God loves us enough to break us down. I would not want to be where I was on 11-27-11 and stand before God. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I wouldn't have made it, but I'll tell you this, it wouldn't have been pretty. I told the Sunday school class the other day, they might have been putting me out with the fire extinguisher. Okay? And, uh, I, and you know what? What's scary about that? I thought I was doing great. I taught the youth 20 years before that. And it's not that I didn't love God. But see, we get this image that we love God... What are we doing? Really? We're, and I'm not, I'm not trying to get up here and hammer you like he has. And he has. So, somebody asked me the other day. They said, are you on the same page as Greg? And I said, yeah. Pretty sure I am. If you don't like his message, you probably won't like mine. Okay? Because yes, we are. But the fact of the matter is, it's not our page. It's God's. I can't help the fact that we haven't been taught all these things that are in the Word of God. They're here. This is all the Word of God and God is saying, wake up. Uh, How many of you believe, I've asked you this before, how many of you believe we're in rough times? How many of you believe that God expects us to walk in the armor of Him? Straight up. You know where the armor of God is not on your body? In the back. You know why? Because you're not supposed to walk away or run. When you're in a battle, today I was in a battle, I had a choice. Do I, do I become a little sissy and go, this is too hard? I wanted to, I'm not going to lie. Okay? I was like, ah! But I couldn't. You know why? Because God doesn't let me be a sissy. I'm beyond the sissy stage. I'm beyond the stage where he goes, it's okay, tiger. No, I'm like, hey, get up, dude. You're fine. I'm at that stage. Okay, well, here's the fact. We have these cloud of, we have these people watching us. We can endure. He is the perfecter of our faith. Every time we overcome something, we grow. We grow. God catapults us to the next level. But see, we don't want to overcome anything because we want to stay right where we're at. Am I right? I mean, man, you know I'm right, okay? I, I, you don't even have to agree with me. We're, I'm right. I'm right. Look at your churches. I have one question, and, and I know that guy over there, snake handler, he handles, no, he, he, he hammers things all the time, but I'm in agreement with him. I'm just kidding. But the fact of the matter is, if churches, this is what we talked about in our Sunday school, if churches were operating the way we need to operate, we would be doing the things that the Bible tells us to do. And we're not. So it's very basic and it's very simple. Uh, We have a problem and it's not with him, it's with us. So what I say is, let's rise up. Let's rise up. All right, let's... uh, Oh, I want to read this to you. Here's what it says. If you're in a race, whether it's cars, running cycles, or people are coming to watch you going your hardest. We have gone to watch lots of events. My daughter's basketball, volleyball, and Aaron's baseball, basketball. A whole group of us just went and watched Brandon. Okay, in Hebrews 12.1, we are surrounded. We're, we're empowered. See, that's another thing. We're in the, when we're in this race, just like we're being watched by a cloud of witnesses, we talked about this in Sunday school the other day too. Nobody should stand alone. In this persevering trial and in this thing that we go through, nobody should stand alone because who wants to get you alone and make you feel like you're by yourself? The enemy. So, what does he tell you? Handle that on your own. Or... 
Stop praying because it gets a little rough when you pray. It does. I'm serious. It does get rough. So when I was told that, I was like, boy, that is so true. It does. The more you dive in, the harder it gets. But we can do it. Anyway, let's go to the next scripture, which is uh, James 1, 3, 4. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not, not lacking anything. See, this is something else that we find a lot. And I, I'm telling you these things. This isn't what's crazy. I've been in church a long time, and these, it's just crazy. I didn't know any of this. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, what do we want to do as soon as a trial comes along, what do we start doing? Lord, get me out of this. This is terrible. I don't want to walk through this trial. Right? Am I right? Come on. I know I'm right. We, we do that. We don't want to be in the trial. But what's crazy about this, God never says, I'm just going to pull you out of the trial. He wants to grow us while we're in it. You're never going to grow as bad as it hurts and as much as it hurts unless you walk through it. And I'm going to tell you, I have never been where I'm at now. I'm nowhere where I need to be, but I'm a lot further than where I used to be. But I'm going to tell you this, it doesn't get any better. The trials get harder and bigger, but the cool thing is, is you become stronger because your inner man's built up. So even though it gets harder, God moves through you. And, I, and, and Greg will know this, all of us know this. What's crazy about trials you could be going through them and hit with everything and just having the worst day of your life. And then all of a sudden, somebody shows up and they need counseling. You're like, oh, dude, you got to be... Don't answer the door. But you know what? That's when God shines. Because God says, hey, scoot out of the way, Billy. Let me move. We get in the way too much. We try to get out of our trials. Instead of getting out of our trials, I challenge you this week, because I know we're all walking through them. I challenge you this week to say, God... Teach me what I need to know while I'm walking through it. Okay? Because you know what's cool? Life's going to be a trial anyway, whether you're trying to serve him or not. It is. Life is hard anyway, whether you're a Christian or not. You might as well get on board and start fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's go to the next one. Oh, this one is... I have a lot of favorites, but this one's a big one. John fifteen seven. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay, a lot of people take this verse and they're like, okay, Lord, I'm asking for a Mercedes. Or I'm asking for this. That's, is that what it's saying? What is it saying? It's saying remain in me. What does it mean for your word to remain in you? His word. What does that mean? It, Huh? Faith, yeah, to, re to have the Word of God remain in you, it's like uh, if I don't go out and train with the boys, they're going to dominate me. They might anyway. Well, I doubt it. But anyway, hey, <laughs> hey, but the fact of the matter is if I don't keep up, they're going to kill me. If I don't keep up with the Word of God, the enemy's going to destroy me. He's going to destroy me. Half of us don't even make time to pray and read. We don't. I'm going to tell you straight up, I don't know how, we can be warriors without the Word of God. I'll tell you right now, my day is shot if I don't get up and start praying first thing in the morning. I cannot go out there and do what God requires me to do if I don't get up and put God first. Every day. And am I bragging? No, I'm telling you straight up, I won't make it unless God is number one. Because I can't do anything on my own. I need Him for everything. 
everything. We have to decide if we're going to let God, if He's going to remain in me, my word's going to remain, His word's going to remain in you, we're going to have to decide what we're willing to give up to let God remain in us so we can persevere and get where we need to get. And sometimes that means giving up things. Sometimes, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even take a show of hands in here, but I bet a lot of us are on our phones quite a bit. Just guessing. Okay, not because I see you driving down the road. But, uh, or a lot of us are doing other things besides spending time with God. And you know what's crazy about that? If you want to get to the truth of the matter, the fact of the matter is love, we all run around saying how much we love Him. We all say how much we love God. But God requires action. He does. I can't go tell my kids I love them and never show them. I can't tell Aaron, hey, I love you, son. I'm going to spend time with you and never spend time with him. But I keep telling him every day I'm going to spend time with him. Am I right? How do we grow? How do we remain in God? It's like this. Hold this for a second. See this? Greg Greg and I kind of have a joke. Okay? See this right here? This is what we do on Tuesday night. This is a word picture. Okay? We come in here. We get in the box. Then we walk out and we stay out of the box till next Tuesday. Okay, it's not going to work that way. Greg, Greg and I, we were talking one day and it was really weird because we had this vision of being in a box. It sounds crazy, but you might get it. Being in a box, think about this, being in a box, an 8x8 plywood box, siliconed, fireproofed, everything. And all you have is these two little peak holes. And I was standing in this box... Started with me. That's what's even worse. It'd be better if it was one of theirs. But anyway, I, I was in this box, okay, and God was showing me in this box. And I'm standing in this box. There's nothing around. And so I walk forward, naturally, look out the peepholes. And I'm like, okay, God, what's to the box? And he says, I want you to stay in it. And I want you to keep your eyes fixated on me. And I'm like, whoa, Nelly. All right. And then so Greg and Greg and I, we kind of have an inside joke about the box. But the fact of the matter is, to remain in God, you must stay in the box. But see, a lot of us never even started in the box. A lot of us need to realize there is a box. We need to get in the box. You know, we go to church all the time. We're, we're churches all the time. But like I said before, if churches were doing what we're supposed to do, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. And that is just the stone cold truth. If we were doing what we needed to do, we wouldn't need deliverance. We wouldn't need to go through the things we go through because we'd be being taught what we're supposed to be being taught. Anyway, I want to tell you something what is crazy. My whole life, this last three years actually, has probably been harder than everything I've ever went through in my life. And I have spent time behind bars. So that's telling you something. Okay. I have went through hell. These last three years. I'm going to tell you straight up. It has been the hardest thing in my life to do what we've done. The hardest. On my kids. My kids didn't understand it. How do you tell your kids you're giving up everything? Losing your house. Giving up everything. Walking away. And then telling them, don't worry about it. You're fine. Okay. They weren't fine. He was worried about it. Especially this one. Okay. It's hard. But the fact of the matter is, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't change it for the world. It's made us all who we're supposed to be. I'm not telling. Don't get confused. I'm not telling everybody to give everything up. If you gave everything up, how would you help me? Okay? So I, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not. I'm telling you for me, I needed to give everything up. 
I had so many gods besides him that it was killing me. And God said, enough is enough. You know, we look at idols. Today, Mark prayed some about it earlier. We look at idols like the little wooden things and little things, which is crazy. They couldn't walk, talk, or anything. But they served them. <coughs> Fact of the matter is, I think we have more idols now. We have a lot of idols. We have a lot of things that keep us from doing what God wants us to do. I'm going to tell you what excites me about you guys is because I see people with hunger in their eyes. People want to grow. They want the truth. I use this scripture all the time, Hosea 4, 6. My people are being destroyed from lack of knowledge. If people preach the truth, they're either going to do one or two things. They're going to leave or they're going to dive in. Okay, just like at Sunday school, we talked about it. There's one or two things that bring people. Christ or Satan. Period. Okay? That's it. That is the bottom line. Christ is either driving you or Satan is. I mean, period. And I'm going to tell you something straight up. Christians are driven a lot, not by Christ. A lot. Just because you're a Christian or you say you're a Christian, what is it? 85% of America is a Christian. 85% of America is a Christian. Doesn't mean we're running the race that God has for us. How many of you even do? You know what I did? This is what I did. I was telling somebody the other day. I said, okay, God, thank you for this great job. Now, come along. Come along. Come with me. Come along. I'm going to go make more money. I'm going to go buy some houses. That's what I did. And I thought, God's right there with me. Yeah, I was pulling him along. He wasn't there with me. Instead of me going, God, hey, uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. What do you want from me, uh, by the way? And then, that's hard to do. That is hard to do, but you know what? I'm convinced we can do it. If the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthen us, then we need to do it. And I'm convinced this group right here, and not just especially, but these young people, you're all young. Okay? Especially considered... Hey! Compared to Moses, you're really young. Okay? So, we're all... We are young, okay? But the fact of the matter is, is God wants to rise us up, and He wants to mold us and make us warriors. David, King David, looking at my situation here, we've talked about this quite a bit too. It's kind of ironic. But uh, King David was anointed king. Okay, first Saul was king. Everybody knows the story, I assume. Okay, Saul was first king of Israel. Saul was anointed. Well, he became king. Well, then his son-in-law started getting more of the glory, I guess. I don't know, but, but they started praising him more, and all of a sudden Saul started trying to kill him. Threw spears at him. Chased him around. But the crazy thing was, was David was anointed. Samuel went and anointed David. You know how long it took him to become king? 13 years. 13 years. Don't tell me David didn't have to persevere. He was in caves for three years running from his his father-in-law trying to kill him. David had one or two choices just like we do. He either man up or became the sissy that he wanted to be probably at times and said, okay, Saul, I'll submit to you. But instead he says, no, I submit to you. No matter how hard it is. How do you think King David felt being anointed by Samuel and then it took him 13 years. It took him five. He became king of Judea. And then another seven before he became king of Israel. Okay, that's a long time. He was being chased. My point is, it's all about persevering. How many of you are persevering right now through a trial? All of us? Probably. Now, how many of us are being victorious and we're winning this persevering through this trial? Amen. That's the key. I'm going to tell you right now, like, like my brother said today, You don't have to leave here without being victorious. God is in the house. The Holy Spirit's in the house. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to be defeated. 
The enemy defeats. God sets you free. Period. Now you have to make the choice. You have to say, I've been hit hard. I've been offended. I've been hurt. I'm angry. I feel like crying. I feel like breaking somebody's leg. Threw that part in there. Okay, but or, but instead of all those things, I'm going to will to the Father. I'm going to, and that, when you do that, that's when you're victorious. But if you don't do it, you're going to go through it again. That's the crazy thing. All right, let's go to the next one. 2 Peter 1 6. And to knowledge, self control, and self. What? And to knowledge, self control, and to self control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. God tells us we must persevere and overcome to become godly. That's that's not a that's not a uh, that's not a popular sermon. Okay, I'm learning that there's not a whole lot of popular sermons that we preach. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, it may not be popular, but it's true. If you want to become godly and you want to grow in the Lord, you're gonna have to cowboy up and go through the trials to get through them. That is just a fact. It's not my rules. It's God's. God expects warriors. The only way he makes warriors is by allowing you to go through it. This is really weird. We were talking about this the other day too. When 11-27-11 came, I was telling these guys it was awesome because God came down and he talked to me all the time. Turn to the right. Turn to the left. Okay. And I mean, I was just like, woo, this is great. Don't ever leave. Okay. Well, then as time got on, he started, you know, like, come on, grow on your own. It's kind of like a little kid on a tricycle. You only take him on that little, those little, little wheel things for so long. What are those training wheels? You only keep him in training wheels so long. And then God says, you're on your own, dude. I've got you. But from up here, I expect you to start walking in me, knowing who you are in me. So after a little while, it's like, hey, where'd you go? It's tough down here, dude. Uh, you left me hanging. That's where that scripture comes in, Greg's favorite. In Hebrews 13, 5, he'll never leave you or forsake you. I use that one a lot. Okay, but that's how God works. God gets us to a point, and he starts saying, okay, now know I'm here. Just because you don't get the holy goosebumps doesn't mean he's not here. Just because all of a sudden you're like, oh, I feel so good. That doesn't mean he's not here. If the word of God says he'll never leave you or forsake you, what's it mean? He'll never leave you or forsake you. But Christ expects you, just like the warriors of the past, not the Gandalfs, okay, the warriors of the past, uh, the, the Elijahs, the Elijahs, the Peters, the Pauls, they were warriors. They were warriors, man. You know, when things came their way, they had a choice just like I did today, just like you do right now. We had a choice. They had a choice. Do I say, oh, Lord, this is too hard. I'm not kidding. Today I was like, I want to float. I want to float again, Lord. Give me a raft. I mean, really? I was like, give me a big raft. I'll just kind of paddle myself. Okay, I mean, but no, I had a, but I knew I wouldn't stay there. What would it happen if I decided I was going to float again? I think it would affect at least my kids, my family. I have no choice but to go forward. I can't go backwards. I cannot go backwards. So I'm going to either rise up now or it's going to take me a little while longer and eventually I'm going to do it. Well, all the people of the past, they went through it. They went through hard times. See, we in America, I love America. We've been blessed. We have. We have been so blessed. And I believe it's because our forefathers really were seeking the Lord. We, we've been blessed. Okay, but just because we're so blessed, let's don't get caught up in, in the fact that we were talking about this the other day. William Wallace, 
He went through tough times. Everybody around us is going through tough times. Those people getting beheaded in Egypt right now. There are things going on all around us. Let's don't ever become so comfortable with what we're going through or cry so much because of our little trial and thing that we're going through that we don't understand that we really, we have it made. Our poorest people in America probably get eight or $900 in food stamps. Really? We're not poor in America. We don't have it bad in America. Our bums in America do pretty good. Am I right? They might have to sit down by the river, but they do good. We do good in America. Let's don't, let's realize that there's nothing that we're going through right now that God doesn't want to grow you and teach you and learn you. Nothing. Let's go to our last one. I think it's our last one. Yes, this one. I'm going to tell you something about this one. This one's a, a good one because uh, I was going through really tough times. Not today, but before. First uh, Peter four twelve through sixteen. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as through something though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you were insulted because of the name of Christ, you were blessed. For the spirit of the glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or anything kind of a criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Amen. It was really crazy because I came out of a situation where it wasn't going really good for me where we're at. And uh, uh, I came out, and I'll never forget, I, I walked in the room, and God actually said, I want you to look up First Peter 4, verse 12. And it was heavy to me because I was looking at it, and I was like, God, that's not what I wanted to see. I wanted to see, hey, I'm going to bless you with everything you need. That's what I wanted to see. But I looked at that, and God's like, hey, you know what? Just because you're suffering right now doesn't mean that I'm not in it. Just because we suffer doesn't mean that God's not in it. So I think that I'm so, I was so messed up. I had so many things of the world. I conformed so many ways in the world that it's taken God this long to finally start getting me focused on what's really important and what really matters. Okay, so I believe that no matter what we're going through, if we're going to suffer, we still need to look to the Lord. And we still need to persevere. How many of you honestly are, are warriors or you're a quitter? How many of you are warriors out here? How, I have fought for everything in my entire life. I have. I have not had anything given is easy to me. Nothing. If I wanted something, I had to go get it. I didn't have rich parents. I didn't have anybody giving me anything. I had to work for it. Put myself through college. Work hard. I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior in the natural. God expects more in the supernatural. Amen. He expects us to be warriors. God expects, this is what's crazy. God expects warriors. God does not expect us to go to church on Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever. Get a little bit of the, uh, I won't say, a little bit of milk, okay? Get a little bit of milk and then go throughout the week because I know this, I can't make it that way. I can't make it. If I don't know my brothers and sisters are going through the same thing and we're warrioring up together and they're praying for me and I'm praying for you, I'm going to have a hard time making it. I need you just like you should need me. I should expect your prayers like you expect mine. 
I'm serious. If we're going to make this and we're going to actually make a difference, I want to make a difference in Springville, not because of Billy Cohe, but because God expects us to. That's what we want. If we're going to make a difference and it's going to start in Springville, it's got to start with us. It does. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to start anywhere else. It's going to start right here. It's going to be ignited. <laughs> I like that. Okay? It's going to be ignited, and this is where it's got to start. But I want to tell you guys tonight, first off, we're blessed that we're all in this together. Okay? There's going to be times that you may be offended, and I'm sorry. But the fact of the matter is, is we need to rise up, and that's just the stone-cold truth. We need to become warriors for God. It is a not a little, it's not a little, hey, pick and choose what I want to read, pick and choose how I want to do it. It's not that way. It's the whole Word of God. We have to live by it. We need to start knowing who we're supposed to become in Christ. And I want to tell you this. We have the right unto God to be free. There's so many of us that are walking around defeated. I see it. We see it. You don't have to leave here defeated. You don't. The worst thing you could do is not share it with somebody. That's the worst. That's the Jezebel spirit that tries to pull you away and keep you from sharing it. Because when you share it, that person stands in the gap and puts their shield of faith up with you. Okay? You need to share it. You need to release it. Let it go. You can come forward tonight. We could do praise and worship. Whatever you want to do. You don't even need anybody. The Holy Spirit's here, but you have everybody here. We're all here for one purpose, one banner. That's Jesus. That's it. You guys can be free. Let's don't go away from here tonight in the same position we were before we got here. Let's start actually changing. Let's just don't do a Bible study and a prayer meeting. Let's get radical for Christ. Amen? All right.